This is what it says. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Awesome. Shall I pray? And then we'll have a look at this. Lord Jesus, we thank you uh, that you're going to speak to us now. And um, in this action of preaching, it's the action of uh, the farmer throwing out the word. Um, And we want to pray now that our hearts will be ready to receive you. I pray that our knees would be bowed, um, that we would willingly say that Jesus, you are Lord and you are Christ, um, and that we will give you uh, this moment and this time to speak into us, uh, that we may reflect you on earth. Please help us now. Um, Please, uh, by your Spirit, um, work in us, and I pray work through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. It looks like I'm losing my voice a little bit again. Um, uh, I'll try the Stuart Elliott trick later on again. (laughs) Eat some salt. Uh, That doesn't sound right, but it worked last week, so I'll do it again tonight. Uh, But here we are in John 13. We're back on uh, the church uh, course preaching. So uh, we've done studies one to eight, um, and then we took a little bit of time on number eight, which is the things that we do, uh, which is another way of saying the means of grace, what God has put in place in the church that you might receive all of his help um, and all of his friendship and benefits. Um, And then we've finished that. That took a couple of weeks, didn't it? Uh, We did uh, church and money last week. Uh, because the Bible uh, talks about money, God talks about money, um, and it's important, it's a reflection of our, where our heart is. Um, so church on money last week, and now this is number 10. Study 10, we're going to split in two, me this week, Sam next week. Um, and the, the title of study 10 is, um, what, what do I do? What do I do? Now seeing all of that, what do I do? And so this is about how in church we look like Jesus. And so for that, John 13 is on, is on the cards uh, for us today. And this is uh, an epic, epic account of Jesus. Um, this is his last days on earth, this is. Uh, this is in the upper room, this is. This is before he institutes then this table that we're going to come around. Um, and here we see him as host sitting down, a meal that he has organized who likes going to other people's houses when you haven't got a cook? It's amazing, isn't it? Love it. Love being invited out. I love it if you ask me by myself. <laughs> I will gladly come. Um, but isn't it lovely when someone else looks at you and says, now come, come over, come to my house. I'll cook something and we, can, and we can spend time together. As you look at this little scene here, that is how you are supposed to look at your relationship with Jesus. 
the, the, the communion that you have with him, the, uh, the fellowship that you have with him is supposed to be seen in the light of this. Spurgeon says that. It's not my thing, that. He says it should be seen in this homely light. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? How do you think about your, your relationship with Jesus? Is it just really like cold and clinical? And it's like, look, I'm just turning up to church tonight, all right? Uh, and, I, and I'm chucking my stuff at him. Uh, he'll be satisfied. I'm all right with it. I can then get on with life. Is that how you look at your relationship with Jesus? Or do you look at him as one who, he's got the checklist, and he's looking down and going, eh, oh, that's a five out of ten, that is. Um, oh, that's just an epic fail. <laughs> look at what you've done this morning before you come to church. Oh, what a nightmare that is. And he crosses it off, and uh, he blackens your mark. And Is that how you look at your relationship with Jesus this morning? It's not to be seen in, those, in, the, in that sort of light. Well, that's pretty grim, isn't it, and dim. It's not like that. It's to be seen in this light, where Jesus, as the host of a meal, invites you around, invites you to himself. He is the one who has foot the bill for all that he is going to be dishing out. He is the one who is hosting this, and he brings us in. He doesn't bring us in as, as, guest, as guests uh, or as paupers, but honored guests. He brings us in as princes. Oh, can you get the picture here of how just how rich it is? I can't possibly, with my words, squeeze all of the richness out of this. Definitely something you should just go home and think about and just meditate on and ponder. What Jesus is doing here, he wants to show them the full extent of his love. It will be when he goes to the cross for them, but it begins here. It begins here at this time of Passover. John really wants us to understand Jesus' life in the light of Passover. He does it in chapter 12, verse 1. It was now six days until the Passover. It's like he, he actually checks Jesus uh, in everything that he does with the Passover and when it is. Because this is where he's heading. He is heading to the Passover. He is heading to the time when he is going to be uh, put on a cross um, as the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. That is where he's going. And so here, Passover is checked here. And this is where he shows the full extent of his love. You know that little old bookmark that you used to have in your, in your, new, no, in your King James Bible? This is where I had mine. Um, in addition to the, the black ribbon, uh, there was a bookmark that said, I asked Jesus, how much do you love me? And he said, this much. And he stretched out his arms and he died. Yeah, that is the extent of his love for you. And it's not only in that big act there. It starts here. You see his heart, the one who is a host and who wants to fellowship with you. The one who wants to bring you close. And the one then who wants to focus on you and not just deal with your big issues, because let's be honest we've, all, honest, we've all got big issues. We've got massive issues of our heart, huge issues. But here he comes to the disciples and looks at them and is like, you look weary, I'm going to wash your feet. Well, we, we can't enter into that, can we, really, of, of how refreshing that is, right? And how, how much that is to honor somebody is to wash their feet. We, you can't enter into that because we wear shoes, our feet are sweaty, aren't they? But they're not like dry and crusty and dirty. They are sweaty and smelly. 
And to have our feet washed is not something that is a refreshment. It is just plain embarrassing. That, that is, you know, Peter's point here when he rails against it is not, my feet are really bad. It's like, no, you're taking the place of a servant. That's his issue. So it's hard for us to enter into this. But just imagine this. The Lord of heaven. The one who is going back to his father. The one who has been given all power in heaven and on earth. This one looks at you with all of your big issues. And he does want to deal with all of those issues. But right now, today, he wants you to be refreshed. He wants you to be refreshed. Some of you will think, I've got problems in my life that are just too small for him. That is rubbish. That is rubbish, that is. No, how you're physically feeling today is something that you can talk to him and tell him about. Because it is something that he can say, oh, yeah, I I can fix that. I can help you with that. I can give you a bit of strength today because you're weary because you got a cold. I can help you today because, you know, you've got COVID. Oh, I can help you today because you've got a blister from walking uh, too far. Do you know what? You think, no, that's, that's just too small for him. It's not. It's not such is his love for you. Such is his, his big love and, and energetic love that it, 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 it's seen at the cross but it's seen in this simple thing here. He wants to come and refresh you, to wash your feet, as it were. Jesus, isn't it, will, will level an, an accusation at Simon that he could come into his house and not have his head anointed with oil and not have his feet washed. He didn't do any of that for me, Jesus said. It's an indictment of Simon, isn't it, that he doesn't see Jesus as an honored uh, guest at the table, it's, a, it's an indictment that he doesn't see him as the prince of peace. And it shows as well that he is not willing to serve in some practical way just to ease him in his journey on that day. But yet, Jesus does this for you. Children, this is how much he loves you, that he's done this great big thing on the cross to deal with all of your sin. But now he looks at you today and wants to refresh you, wants to help you. When you're finding it hard in school, if someone is like physically bullying you, or tripping you up, or just uh, annoying you, you can talk to him about it. And he will hear you, and he will answer you. Any little thing, it is not too little for him. He loves you. And here he is, washing the disciples' feet. Now let's get into Peter then. It's like, why does Peter come out on this? He, like, you know, is sat there. Um, Jesus then, you know, it is quite an incredible thing, isn't it? All power given to Jesus. He is the Lord of heaven and earth and all the whole universe. He has all the power. He is going back to his father. So he got up, took a towel, filled up a wash bowl with warm water, with radox bubble bath in it, and wash the disciples' feet. That's totally what comes after that sentence, doesn't it? He's got all power, all authority. He is the Lord of heaven and earth and the universe. So, with, with all of that power, 
and status. So naturally, he gets up from the table, takes off his outer tunic and puts on a towel, gets a wash basin and gets on the floor washing the disciples' feet. That's nuts, isn't it? It is absolutely nuts. You're not blown away by this because you know the passage. That doesn't come after you're you're the king, does it? It doesn't come after like you are the king of kings and lord of lords. It, it, no one would have guessed that, right? That's like a, that's a twist of all twists. Forget about Darth Vader being Luke's father, isn't it? It's like, that's nothing compared to this. The year is Jesus with all power and authority, just naturally, as if it's like the, the most natural thing in, in the world, as if these you know, tracks have been worn in and he just doesn't fall out of them at all, just walks puts on a towel, gets a bowl, and he's on his knees. It is shocking, that is. That is shocking that Jesus would get his fingers in between the disciples' toes when they are dry and they are dirty and they are dusty. It's unthinkable. That's why Peter does what he does. Now, obviously, we know Peter's not having a good time. Right, it's going to get a bit worse for him, isn't it? Uh, when he's going to go, no, I won't deny you. And when he pulls the sword out and chops off the guy's ear, um, it's all going to get a bit worse for Peter. But it's understandable here what he does and what he says. Because it is literally, isn't it, in what universe does this happen? Oh, only where Jesus is the word, isn't it? The logic of the whole thing. It's so typical of Jesus, who says, I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so here we know why it isn't really only, not really, but just not only about washing feet. Because he then says to Peter, um, if I don't wash you, you've got no part with me. That's pretty like down the line stuff, right? That's like, all right, hang on. I didn't really think it meant that much. <laughs> because here he's saying, look, you're here with me. I am the host. You are honored guests. You are princes because you're connected to me. So you must be washed. You must be clean. Though not every one of you. It's quite funny, isn't it? That this church life thing going on here is done with the devil in the picture. So he's in the scene. The devil's already prompted Judas Iscariot, the hypocrite, to betray him. So you've got this church scene here with Jesus and his disciples, and we're like, oh, this is lovely, isn't it? This is how church life should be. And then you've got the devil, and you've got Judas Iscariot, and Jesus serves Judas. He serves him. Such is church service. If Jesus can serve Judas, then you can serve annoying Christians in church, right? If he, can do, if he can do that for Judas, who he knows, he's not clean, he's not one of us, I'll serve him still. If he can do that, then you can serve other Christians. But here it is, isn't it? The washing of Jesus is something that he offers to you if you're not a Christian. You see this little meal going on? 
you, you might feel on the outside of church life, you might feel on the outside of this scene, just looking in at the window, just longing to be invited in to someone's house for food, isn't it? You're looking in, you're, you're, you're hungry, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're thirsty, uh, you don't know what you're doing in life, you haven't got a clue what's going on, and you look in, and yet Jesus here says you don't need to be on the outside. No, you can come in. Come into the warmth. Come into the homely, homely life. Come on in. I can wash you clean. But Peter's already in, right? Peter's already in. He's already been to Jesus for that cleansing power. He's been washed in the blood of Jesus that he's yet to shed. But he's clean. But Peter does something here. He forgets. He forgets that he's been baptized. Matthew Henry points that out. Peter, forgetting his baptism, he's forgotten that he's trusted Jesus and and, and he's the once for all saviour. He's forgotten that. But Jesus says, no, your feet must be washed. And that's what our confession and comfort is. That's what Dan did at the beginning of the service. That's what that's about, is that you have been clean, yet you said things and done things and thought things that bring guilt and shame back into the equation, that you are burdened by that and need now the application of that, that cleansing that you've received just told you again and applied to you again. Know that he has paid for all of your sin. Oh, be still, my soul. Isn't it? That the, the, the burden of guilt and shame can just be washed away. That's why we have that. And so Peter... Uh, has his feet washed, which is great, isn't it? He allows someone else to serve him. And this is where we get into, isn't it, really what Jesus is about. This is what Jesus is about. He's about service. It's about his humility. It's about us being a part of him, being in fellowship with him. We are part of Jesus, we're going to participate, aren't we, in his death and his body and his blood in a little while. If you've been baptized, you've participated in his death and resurrection. We belong to him. And this is now Jesus saying, I'm giving you an example that you are to follow. He's saying, you be like me. When you became a Christian, that's what you signed up for. It's like, I died. (laughs) When the pool is opened up in the water, I have died. And I've been risen with Jesus. We have a new life in him. What does that new life look like? It's a life of service. Service. Joyful service. Because you hear the word service and you go in, mate, what, what what depressing news is this? It's like, I serve in church and it, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Well, there's something wrong with your heart then, isn't it? There's something wrong with your heart that Jesus can serve Judas Iscariot of all people and know that this is his calling. And he does it with a heart that's full of love. See, this is really challenging for us as a church. First thing is, if you're not serving, then you don't look like Jesus. Uh, we have an issue, right, straight off. Yeah. And there are, maybe, there are quite a few not serving in church life. That needs to be corrected. 
But then those who are serving, what kind of attitude do you have when you serve? You can so easily get into the serving thing as the tick thing of like, yeah, 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 give it, give it, give it out, and now I can get on with my life. That's not Jesus' attitude. I sing loud because I'm told to sing loud. Well, don't sing loud if you're going to take that attitude. Sing loud because Jesus sang loud when he was dying for you on the cross. When he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's why he sang loud. And he sang loud there, isn't it? Because it's now written down in holy writ. And it's there, isn't it, in John 19 that he said it. That he sang Psalm 22 on the cross. And when you sing, it's not for your benefit, is it? It's for, for others, to teach others. And there's Jesus teaching us as he dies and lays his life down. Don't sing loud because you've been told to. Sing loud because your Savior sang loud. And he sang loud for you as he was dying for you. <clears throat> you know, you bear someone else's burden. Why? Well, because I have to deny because I'm a member now and they're in a the membership. Um, they've now said the same promises I said and it now, as the elders always say, includes you now. That's, that's why I do it. Well, no, don't do it. Don't do it just so we can see exactly where your heart's at. Do it because on the cross he carried the burden of your sin. That Jesus did that for you. You, scumbag. He did it for you. He carried your burden to Calvary and he bore it away. That's why you carry someone else's burden because Jesus carried yours. If you're going to look at the Judases in church if you're going to listen to the lies of the devil about other people, if that happens and you stop serving, you can be sure that you are serving with the wrong motivation. It's enough for Jesus. That it's the will of the Father that he comes and he gives his life. But he is like the Father in that he loves sinners. He's the friend of sinners. And he serves us. What should I do in church? You should be like Jesus. <clears throat> and Jesus here is clearly telling them, this is the example you are to follow. The one of a servant. That is the example. And the blessed Christians are not the, one who knows, are not the ones who know this. Now, Jesus says the happy Christians... The Christians that have the smile of the Father, the Christians that have even the voice of the Father breaking out upon their service, oh, this is my son whom I love. The Christians who get that are the people who do it. Not just know that this is how a Christian should live, but live it. That they do it, that they serve. And where they see ungratefulness coming in, you know, of like, oh, or, you know, a desire to be vindicated in their good works because they haven't got to thank you for this or thank you for that. Know that you do the work on your heart. And you say, no, that's not like you, Jesus. I'm not blessed when I think like that. I'm not blessed when I want praise from others. I'm just blessed when I become a servant. When I serve like you serve. When I live like you live as I speak like you speak, as I sing like you sing. That is what this is all about in John 13. You'd be blessed if you do these things. So I just pray. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you uh, just for this incredible passage and 
just how convicting it is and how challenging it is. Please, please help us to be a church that, yeah, that doesn't serve because we have to or for the praise of others. Help us for our, our heart's desire uh, to be, to have a heart like you. Please help us in this. Please change us in this. Oh, Lord, we repent now of the times when we have served and it's been wrong, just pure wrong. Oh, thank you for these words that can, can just get us back on that track oh, of joyful service, joyfully looking like you because you have gone to those depths for us. We thank you and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen.